Welcome to the Watershed Podcast. Watershed is the senior high ministry of Perimeter Church, where it is our desire to serve senior high students and their families by helping them navigate life in the changing world around them. Listen and be encouraged. All right, guys. So I, I'm James. Um, that is uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, The Office. You guys like The Office? Yeah. So um, why I like that show is, you know, they're always doing something awkward or causing tension, ironically, you know. But they really are. And it just draws me into it. It draws all of us into it. But the reason I like this clip so much is they don't use, make it awkward by saying something funny or by hitting someone over the head. They do it by doing absolutely nothing. By just sitting there and staring at each other, it makes things awkward. Now, if you don't know, the two people on the screen, they aren't dating at the time, but they both like each other. Um, one is engaged to someone else, and the other is dating someone else, but they both like each other. That's also why it makes it awkward. <sighs> but anyway, I'm James. I am 17 years old. I will be a senior this year at Centennial High School, just down the road. Um, yeah, I go to Perimeter Church. It's pretty much me. Um, so earlier this week, we had Mark and Kara talk. Mark talked about why, that there was tension. He talked about that we have this tension between us and the Holy Spirit of God. This tension between us, the now, and the not yet. And then yesterday, Kara talked about why we have tension. She talked about that it was because of Adam and Eve's first sin that now we're born into sin and it's here forever. It's here for us to stay. It's here to stay. And that's also what I'm gonna be, talk, be talking tonight about is that it is here to stay. It'll never go away. Kind of dark, kind of gruesome to think about. But yeah, it's here. And so that's the topic of tonight. So first, I want to talk about the different types of tension. I was watching the movie Titanic with my parents for the first time ever. (laughs) My parents hadn't seen the movie in 10 or 15 years. My sister... I guess she just forgot it was happening. I think she had seen it before, but it was the first time I'd ever seen it. And if you guys don't know, there are some very risque, um, inappropriate scenes in that movie. And so the first scene that comes up, I didn't see it coming at all, and I just put my head in my lap, and I am dying. I can feel this, this vibe coming from all around me that something is wrong. Like, this is not right. But... Thankfully, I just, I just uh, gaze out, and I'm fine. And then 15, 20 minutes later, another one happens. And this one is so bad. It's even worse than the one before. I mean, I know I turned just red as anything, and I just got up and left. I just went into the kitchen, drank some water or something. I couldn't deal with it. Now, I came back eventually, and yeah, I guess it's an all right movie, but... That is, I guess, the awkward tension. The tension I feel with me and someone else. Me and a friend, me and a family member. We all have that. And that tension will be here forever, too. As long as I'm with a person, as long as I have someone in my life with me, that'll be here forever. Because it'll get awkward eventually. But the different tension that I want to talk about, too, is again, like what I said about Mark, how he said it, the now and the not yet. The battle between me, my sinful soul, and the Holy Spirit. The battle between my flesh, my sinful flesh, following after what God wants me to do. 
following after Jesus. So now I see tension in my life in a lot of places. Um, ever since I was born, really, you know, ever from my earliest memory, I can remember having tension. And nowadays, I see it in lying. I lie. I have this longing to be accepted, you know. I just want to fit in in everywhere I go, every group that I'm in. I just want to fit in. And I find myself weaseling my way in and really just not being who I really am. Lusting, honoring parents, or not honoring parents, really. And having false idols, you know, trying to find anything that I can praise besides God. And I've had these all my life. Now, in Psalm, David writes, in Psalm 51, David writes about how he also knows that he has had tension all his life. He says, For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom ever there. Now, it's really that first part I want to focus on. He says, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. You know, we are born with sin. It is in our lives from the very beginning. Before I was even born, from, it says, from when my mother conceived me, I had sin. And it's here, it's been ever since birth, and it's there forever. So since it never goes away, does that make me a horrible person? So I was, this past year, I was in my literature class, and the first test of the year was on summer reading, and I got a 36 on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah 30, 36 out of 100, and I, yeah, obviously I failed, but, um, but I had to bust my butt and I had to try as hard as I could to pass that class and to achieve the grade that I wanted to get. Now, if I hadn't have done that, if I had failed every test after that and not done anything else, I would have failed the class and I would have been a failure. So now, let me put this back into sin. I don't pass the test of sin. I fail that every time. And I always fail it. So does that make me a failure? Well, a part of me says, well, yeah, it relates, but at the same time, it doesn't. Um, let's look at Paul. He was one of the most influential people in the Bible, one of the most inspirational Christians ever. Some would say, some would argue the most inspirational. He, uh, we've talked about him for the past two nights, wrote 13 books of the Bible. But I, first, I want to talk about Romans 7.15. It says, I do not really understand myself, for, what I, for I, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. That was written in about 57 AD. Do you remember 57? Now, in 64 AD, he wrote the book Timothy, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. That was written in 64 AD. That's a seven-year difference. Paul is saying, you know, I don't do what I want to do in Romans. And he says, I'm the worst sinner of them all. So Paul is struggling with this tension, with this sin from Romans from 57 AD to 64 AD. One of the most influential Christians ever. He wrote 13 books of the Bible. And he struggles with all this sin, with all this tension in his life. So 
Let's think of it this way. So now, obviously, Paul is struggling with sin, but it probably isn't the same sin. Um, the lead teacher at our church, Randy Pope, uses this thing, uses an analogy called the radar. Um, and now, the radar is obviously a circle um, right there. Um, and if you look at it, you can see objects around you. Now, let's say those X's are the sins in our life. Now, when we have this sin, God will open up our eyes and say, you know, here it is. Here's this sin. And we're going to say, all right, God, through Jesus, through you, I want to overcome this. I want to get better at this. And so we strive, we try hard, and eventually we get victory over it. And uh, those X's go away. Now, we still, don't get me wrong, we still struggle with them. It's not like they're away forever. But we do have victory over them through Jesus Christ alone. Now, when we get to this point, God says, well, I don't know if he actually says this, but he says, so I would imagine he would say something like, now, this is pretty good, but let's zoom out a little bit. Let me show you something else. And now instead of having four, now we have seven. And I say, God, man, I didn't even realize those before. Let me, let me work on those. Pray about it. Try, eventually, through Jesus Christ alone, do those X's go away as well. And then, I, and then God, I imagine, would say again, you know, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. But you missed something else. And he opens up this circle again. The radar keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so I don't even know how many that is, but that's a lot. 16? Well, that's a lot. Um, and so we, even if we complete all those, we still will have more and more and more. And so I imagine Paul, when he wrote Romans 7, he said, I'm a horrible sinner. I don't do what I want. Maybe he was struggling with lying. And then by the end in Timothy, he may have been really praying about it, really asking Jesus to come into his life and say, God, Jesus, I don't want to be this liar anymore. And they, who knows? They may have uh, helped him with that. And then, but then in Timothy, he realizes he has other sins in his life. And he writes, how wretched of a man I am. And I'm the worst of them all. So this is kind of like AA. You guys know what AA is? Yeah, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it's a group, an organization that meets, and it, they need accountability. They talk about their problems. And it's a way to overcome alcoholism. Now, from my understanding, after so many, after a year of being sober, you get a chip, a token, some physical piece of evidence that you can look at, and it's a reminder of where you came from. It's a reminder that says, you know, I was, or I am now, X years sober, or I am now above this. And these sins that we overcome through Jesus Christ are kind of like that for me. They're like our trophy, you know? They're like... But like our prize, if you will. I can say, God, thank you for letting me overcome this. That body's still there. Through Jesus, we can overcome that stuff again. Um, so now there are two ways to look at this. Either A, there's constant suffering, which sucks. Let's think about it. Constant suffering for the rest of my life. I'm sure some of you are thinking right now, why in the world would I ever want to 
be a Christian or call myself a Christian if I know I'm going to have constant suffering. This constant tension between myself and striving for God. This circle keeps opening up and up and up. But there's another way to look at it too. It's the way that I look, like to look at it. Well, it's more the way that I'm trying to look at it, that I'm learning to look at it. It's the way that God sees me and he holds me. He says, you know, I know your flesh and I know that you want to go do that, but I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to keep you close to me. He says, instead of you doing that, I'm going to stay right with you. I'm going to have my arms around you. And that's so comforting to me. And that's, I'm so thankful for that. It's like a friend. If I have a friend that I really like, I really, really want to become a better friend with them. So I pour myself into them. I call them, text them, invite them to events. But they sin against me. They lie against me. Talk, me, talk about me behind, their, behind my back. It'd be easy. It'd be natural. Completely understandable. Just to say, all right, hey, go your way. I don't want to have anything to do with you. But God does the opposite. In 2 Timothy, he says, Paul writes, here's a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. And this is the important part right here. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny, he cannot disown himself. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. God cannot let us go. He remains faithful to us. Now, do you guys, I'm sure we all know that in the Old Testament, a lot of things are compared to like shepherd and sheep. We all know that? Or we've, I'm sure we've all heard that before. Well, if you didn't know, shepherds have their flocks of sheep. And when one would run away, they'd pick it up, they'd, they'd round the flock up, keep them in a, uh, an area, and go after the one sheep. And they'd get it, pick it up, bring it back to the flock. Now, if that same sheep went out and walked away again, they'd round up the flock, go get the sheep, get their staff and rod, and hit it in the legs. Now, we've, I'm sure we've all heard the saying, your staff and your rod, they comfort me. That's kind of where it comes from. God is hitting us, but a reminder out of love, out of kindness. And so he picks it up, brings it back to the herd, and they do it. And then they just go on their merry way. But if the sheep runs away again for the third time, then the shepherd rounds up the sheep, goes after it, and breaks its leg. Then he heals it, wraps it, bandages it, picks it up, and carries it until the leg is healed. Now, if I was the shepherd, man, I'd be so mad at that sheep. I probably wouldn't even take it back. I'd probably just let it go do its thing. But it's amazing how God really is the shepherd. You know, he does the exact opposite of what I would do. He holds on to me. And, man, I'm so thankful for that. So now we live in this world where... We know that we're saved as Christians, you know. God promises, up, promises us heaven, a world of, of freedom, freedom in his law, no sin, no pain, no struggling. But I also still live in this world. So I know where I'm going to be after this life, 
but I also know that I live and that I'm going to have to struggle through this. And now King David also had some same issues. David, uh, um, back in the Old Testament, King David, he, at around 16 or 17, the Lord came to him and told him that he was going to be king. He told it through a prophet named Samuel. He said, David, you're the one. You're going to be the king of Israel. And David said, awesome. This is great. I like this. But when am I, when do I start? When does this job start? And God says, you know, well, you'll find out soon enough, but you're going to have to wait. David says, not what I was really thinking of, but all right, I trust you, God. So now through this, he's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. Then he goes to play the harp for Saul. The, that, the, at that time, he was the king of Israel. So David, who's going to be the new king of Israel, is playing the harp for Saul, the, the king of Israel. So he's a servant to the person that he's going to replace. I mean, talk about tension. That would be rough. And he also doesn't know how long it's going to go on for. Then Saul gets really mad at David and tries to kill him. And he chases David all throughout the land. And David ends up hiding. Hide, David ends up going from cave to cave, hiding from Saul and from dying. And in one cave, Saul, David's hiding in the cave, and Saul walks in to look around. And David says like he could have, he could have reached Saul's coat, cut off a piece, and he obviously could have just killed Saul right there, taken the crown, and, be, uh, and have been king. Ended the tension right there and could have done it. But instead, he embraced God's timing. He trusts God and says, you know, I trust your timing and I honor it. Now, back to, the ra- back to the radar analogy. We embrace our fact that that sin doesn't go away. I, I, I accept it. Just as David accepted the timing of God, I accept that my sin won't go away. But through Jesus Christ, my sin nature won't go away, excuse me. You know, I will always have that desire to sin. But through Jesus, we can overcome any sin. And so, really, it's all right. This, this tension we have will last from now until the day we die. That's all right. It's okay. So, uh, so let us pray. Uh, bow your heads with me. Dear God, I want to thank you for, uh, for coming up tonight through me. I want to thank you for allowing everyone today to have a safe mission. I pray that we, infe- we impacted a lot of people today and that your word was spread. I pray that tomorrow we'll do the same thing. And I pray that tonight your, uh, your light will shine. I want to thank you for everything you've done. And in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Watershed Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9400 Medlock Bridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at watershedministry.org for more information. Thank you.